Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Hi, everybody. My, my name's Tony Jeremy. I'm the academic lead for simulation-based education at University of East Anglia in Norwich. Hi, everybody. My name's Lawrence Hill, and I chair the simulation group in the School of Health Sciences at UEA Norwich. I'm a paramedic by background. Massive shout out to all of the paramedics remaining in the room, and of course, everybody else here today as well. Welcome to our talk today. We are going to be talking to you about Meta SimCast, bringing simplicity to the complex process of podcasting live. Yeah, we're going to do it like a bit of a simulation, really. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what we do beforehand. We're then going to do the podcast and we're going to record it and then we're going to put it out onto the YouTube channel. Um, QR code there. Like and subscribe. If you would like to keep in touch with all of our SimCast-related activity, that is the QR code that you could scan. That would be great. Uh, this is not a traditional conference presentation. We don't have any cutting-edge findings for you. This is not about research. Essentially, we are just going to demonstrate how we communicate simulation. Initially started within our School of Health Sciences and is now kind of reaching a little bit further afield. And big thanks to inviting us here to, to give this talk today. So we haven't actually done this before, though, have we? No, <laughs> not live on stage, so we're going to see how it goes. Yeah, so uh, excited, but to be honest, frankly, also bricking it a little bit. Um, we're very humbled to be called here today, because our podcast is very much in its infancy. And um, yeah, we're just hoping to do a bit of networking today, and, and who knows where it goes. Yeah, so because we are nervous and because we are bricking it, we also <laughs> wanted to assert the basic assumption. And we know that as simulation educators, we are keen for the basic assumption. Um, we're assuming that you're competent, um, that you're intelligent, and that you care about simulation communication and want to improve it, regardless of how badly we balls this presentation up. <laughs> so, but we are doers, that's the thing. We are doers. Uh, we get stuff done, much to the chagrin of our long-suffering school manager, uh, Fel Hinch. Um, so yeah, as Tony says, we've structured this, this talk today around the simulation structure. So we're gonna give you a briefing, we're going to give you the simulation body, and then we're going to kind of debrief as well. Um, what are we going to do uh, over the course of this briefing? Well, all good briefings start with some learning outcomes. So hopefully by the end of the session, we should have been able to explain the process of podcasting, uh, describe our journey as simulation content creators. Oh, God, I hate, I hate that. that. I hate that term. I hate that. It it's brings like the taste of sick to the back of Asking to like and subscribe, just, you just don't get used to it. Uh, and, and promote our wonderful podcast, as a vehicle, not only the podcast on, on YouTube and all popular streaming platforms. All right, audio, give it a rest, give it a rest. Um, but also as a potential network for simulation educators, facilitators yeah. and alike. And that's one of the things I think that's coming through loud and clear already today is the fact that, you know, we are a bunch of enthusiastic educate, simulation educators. We want to connect with each other. We want to share good practice. So, you know, big thanks to CAE for hosting this conference today. But we always brief, don't we? Yeah. So what we do before our podcast is we have a discussion. We fill out a document uh, with a, I want to say a skeleton of yeah. bullet points. So I like a script. I like loads of notes and Tony likes to shoot from the hip. That's just how it is. I That's get how we write. overwhelmed by Lawrence's notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's chapter and verse. And then uh, what we do is we kind of just make sure we're happy we're on the same page and then essentially we wing it. Um, so well, that's, it, that, that's essentially what long form conversation is all about, isn't it? You yeah. hit record, um, and normally, as long as we get the first bit right, which is sort of semi scripted, we might, if we fluff that up, we might start again. But yeah. normally, we just go for it. I can actually hear the podcast. I can hear the theme tune in the background. Love that! <laughs> um, amazing. Yeah, please like put all and subscribe. To silent, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
If it's more interesting than the talk that we're currently giving, then <laughs> damn, we actually, failed. Actually, a new episode dropped this today. Yeah. So, you know, go and like and subscribe. That. All right, nice. So then the, the simulation itself is going to be, you know, this, this whole thing about bringing simplicity to the complex process of podcasting. Yeah, podcasting is a fairly complex process that benefits from the application of a complex systems model. So we've essentially reverse engineered a complex systems model into creating uh, this podcast. But the reason we did that is because we took it from the model that we employ to organise and structure uh, the simulation centre that we that we kind of helped to, and, to bring into and life. And our simulation activity as well. So it's it's really um, diverse and you can you can use it for lots it's, of different applications. Yeah, it's got, it's got tons of applications. So we'll talk you through our site model, S-I-T-E, um, as applied to podcasting on the body of this talk. Um, and also something we'd like to do, some of you might have noticed, there is in fact a camera over there, um, which is currently filming. Um, if you don't really don't want to appear on that, then just please let us know. Uh, but what we'd really like to do, because we've never done this before in front of a live audience, is we'd love to give a huge shout out to you and the delegation of the, the, this conference and just get everyone to wave and say hi at that point. If you don't want to do that, feel free to hide your face. Um, that's absolutely Alternatively, fine. Alternatively, if you want to whoop and cheer, you can yeah, do that as well. That would be awesome. You know, we'll leave it up to you. So we'll, at some point, as part of this briefing, we will switch that over to you and, and, and give you a chance to say hello. Then we would normally end the podcast, and that would be it. But obviously, we wouldn't do that. There's some other stuff that happens behind the scenes before it goes live. So then we're going to kind of debrief, and we're going to unpack what we do in terms of post-production. We... What I do, yeah. What Tony does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony does all the post. All right, so I need to, I need to accept the fact that Tony is just way more technically competent than I am. Um, I'm basically just a mouthpiece. Um, but there we go. So that's what we're going to do. If everyone's everyone clear on the briefing, hopefully that will make sense to everyone. Uh, we'll get stuck in if that's okay. You ready? Yep. All right. Clapperboard. Yep. Cameras rolling. Everything rolling. Wrong. Yep. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to SimCast. My name's Lawrence Hill and I am the chair of the simulation group in the School of Health Sciences at UEA Norwich. Hello, my name's Tony Jeremy and I'm the academic lead for simulation-based education at UEA Norwich. Today we are coming to you live from Nottingham at the CAE Human Patient Simulation Network Conference. And in front of us at this moment, we have the entire well, most of the entire conference delegation. Every, every, everyone who remained. Everyone who is still left uh, for this bit of the talk. So say hello to everyone. If Can you'd you like to give wave? us a quick wave, please give us a wave. That's okay. like 10 times better than I expected. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about Meta Simcast, bringing simplicity to the complex process of podcasting live. What is Simcast then, Tony? Well, um, Simcast is a podcast based on simulation, particularly in higher education, which mm -hmm. is our background mm -hmm. in, in, in university. And it's also about uh, our journey as simulation educators. And we know there are, there are podcasts out there where there are world-leading simulation educators. Yeah, that's not us. Um, 
we, we like to think of ourselves as perhaps advanced beginners. Advanced beginners, yeah. Yeah, something so like that. And kind of got a clue what we're doing, but still a lot to learn. A lot to learn. And um, it started off, didn't it, as we were trying to just give some information, communication, simulation communication within our school. We were recording it on Teams in the middle of COVID. We just um, upgraded our, our teaching building uh, at the University of East Anglia to a simulation centre. Uh, and we wanted some way of effectively communicating that didn't involve people reading lots of boring minutes yeah. from the simulation group meetings. So there's a little bit of our story in our first ever podcast, mm. which you can go and have a look at, and we'll put a link to that up there. You have to get used to this kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and also, there's a tour of our simulation facility in episode six, I believe it is, of our podcast. So you yeah. can go and have a look at our simulation facilities at UEA Norwich. So we wanted to create a movement. We wanted to create uh, a community within the school. We wanted to promote simulation activity. Uh, and then we realised, sort of fairly soon after starting to host it on YouTube, that actually there was a, a whole, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole army of us, isn't there, simulation educators that were doing sort of similar things, and we're not necessarily very well connected, other than through events like this. So we wanted to do that. We wanted to create the sense of community and share what we were doing and invite people to come and speak and, and generally just kind of increase the visibility of simulation. That's the hope. That's the hope, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk in this episode of how we kind of design and run our podcast. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to use uh, a complex systems model that we've designed, designed, borrowed, borrowed shamelessly stolen mm, and, and repackaged um, about how we run the podcast, but also how it can be used as a, a model to help run and organize simulation mm. as well. Yeah. And that is our site model. Yeah, exactly that. So lots of people are doing podcasts now, aren't they? Uh, this is just how we structure ours. And we wanted to give everyone who was interested in hosting their own podcast or starting to think about hosting one, just some of the kind of pointers and the ideas uh, that we have learned really through along the way and, and things that might be of use for other people. So to give you a little bit of a background on the model, the model is based on a, a human factors model from aviation called the Shell model. And Shell is stands for software, hardware, environment, liveware, and liveware twice. And whenever you use it, you have to explain what it's about. So what we've tried to do is simplify it. Mm. Uh, so it can be used in lots of applications, not only in simulation, but also we do a bit of work with diagnostic testing yeah, using in simulation, simulation in, for, in other industries. Yeah. So we wanted to try and update the, the, the language and the terminology to make it a little bit more useful. So the Shell model was first created in 1972. Um, and it used terms like software before computers were really a thing. Yeah. So whenever you talk about software now, you straight, straight away think about computers. So we've kind of redesigned it. And so we've... We basically went to the pub. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we, we were talking about how we're going to bring some sort of semblance of kind of order and coordination to this simulation centre. And we were in the pub and we were like, can we make this make sense? Um, so we stumbled across Sight because we think it captured everything that, 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 that the Shell model had in it. So the idea is in the middle of the model is you as a simulation educator or facilitator. And for you to deliver simulation effectively, you have to deal with all these complex things around you. You've got the surroundings, the physical surroundings and environment. Uh, you've got the uh, information that you have to do, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. You've got the team that you have to be involved with. And you've also got equipment. And it also works with podcasting. And so what we're going to be doing today is is talk about it from a po podcasting perspective. Exactly that. But before... The, the, wig the, yeah. the wiggly oh, lines... After you, Tony. He always does this. <laughs> the wiggly lines represent the fact that in the real world, 
the real world is messy and the, and the edges don't always mix, um, meet up. And again, that's really, really important to understand from a complex systems model, human factors model, which there's been a lot of discussion about human factors and the integration on technical skills today. Yeah. Useful model for, for thinking about anything from, from how a department works to how you run a podcast. But before we get into unpacking um, that the site model and how we use it to structure our podcast, there's a couple of things that we found helpful if anyone else is thinking about setting up a podcast. And firstly, it's setting an ethos. What is the ethos of your podcast? Who, who are you and what is the message that you're trying to convey? Um, this, there's got to be this kind of consistent kind of philosophy that runs through your podcast. If people are going to kind of capture, if it's going to capture their imagination, they're going to remain interested. So our, our ethos was the fact that we are advanced beginners on our journey through simulation. Um, and, and we feel like we've got aspirations to be world leading, but we're probably not there yet. Does, nah. does anyone else in the room feel a bit like that? Yeah. Aim high. Or does anyone feel like world leading? Yeah. Just, just the technical guys over there. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, these guys are awesome. So, so setting an ethos is important. Developing a brand is important. What is the look and feel of your podcast? How are people going to recognise it instantly? Is it going to have like a little glint in it? Is it going to be blue? And is it going to be written in your university's like acceptable font? Well, that's what we decided to do because we wanted to host it and get the support of the university. So. That's why Simcast looks how it does. Yeah, it's, it's branded with our university's brand guidelines in place. Um, and it's so we didn't get any hands slapped because yeah. I often ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, what's, what's, your, what's your market position? How, how are you, you going to position yourself? And think, think about that because you want to keep the content coming, really. Um, and, yeah, and then the, the final is, is the mentality that you take to creating a podcast. And one of the things that we've learned, and we've learned from some of the best content creators that there are, and that is everything, everything is, content. is content. Everything. Every single person that we've spoken to today um, has got something interesting to say about simulation. He's been walking around here earlier with his gimbal and his camera recording things. Because, because everything, everything is, content. is content. And and everyone that we've spoken to, and please, if you've got something that you'd like to say, please come and speak to us because there is a room full of the, 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 you know, the, the, the cream of the simulation crop here in the room. And we would love um, to hear what you've got to say, whether it's controversial, whether it's middle of the road, whether it's that you like shopping, um, whatever it is, we want to hear about it. And, that, that, and that's the thing about YouTube as well. There is something for everyone. Yeah. And so what I would suggest is if you're thinking about maybe setting up a podcast is do a little bit of kind of reading into it, understand how YouTube and the algorithms work. Mm. So one of the things we ha we have to do normally first, which we actually f forgotten about forgot today, to do, yeah. is, a, is a call to action because we know that people have got the attention span of goldfish now and, and they normally switch off after a couple of minutes. So one of the first things you do is you look to the camera and you say, if you enjoyed the podcast, give us a like and please subscribe and hit that notification bell. And again, it's a bit vomit-inducing, but that's what you have to do. Yeah, it is vomit-inducing. But if you think about it, you know, you know, many of you will have written academic publications. And it's no different, really, from subscribing to the, 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 the journal's um, normal approach to how you structure and how you, how you write that paper. You have to feed the algorithm. Uh, you have to feed the algorithm data. And YouTube algorithm feeds on likes and subscribes. Because if other people like it and subscribe it, then it says, oh, this might be something that other people are interested in. So it helps to connect you, and it helps to spread that message. So, should we dip into the site model? Let's get into the body of the talk. What does site stand for and how does it relate to podcasting? Well, we've done what it stands for, but how does it relate to podcasting, Tiny? When we say S for surroundings. So, surroundings, physical space. If you're going to set up a podcast, you need somewhere to do it. 
It doesn't have to be expensive. A lot of people do podcasts remotely from home now. Mm-hmm. Um, w- that's essentially how we started. Yep. We, we literally did it kind of what with the equipment we had at home post-COVID, mm-hmm. and we did it using Microsoft Teams. It was a bit rough and ready. Um, so what we've done is we've asked the school very nicely for some money, which they were very receptive in, surprisingly. Yeah, and, and we, we, it wasn't a great deal of money. And we, it no, was, we'll cover that when yeah. we get to the, to the So finding equipment. a space is important. And being pragmatic around sound. Uh, being pragmatic around the sound is, is, is important. Like ideally, what, what marks a podcast out as being of, of good quality is the quality of the audio. Um, the visual, you'd be surprised. You'd think it was really important, but actually if something sounds rich, then people will continue to listen to it. So pragmatics around sound, trying to find somewhere that's relatively quiet. Uh, we, our podcast studio is in fact situated on a roundabout uh, next to the biggest uh, hospital, hospital in, in, in the region with a helipad. So, you know, we had to... We, we do have the hems come over. We do, often, yeah. Don't we? So we had to just kind of accept that. Uh, and the other thing is... equally so, the, the office that we chose, so we have large open plan offices and down one end we have a quiet area and the podcast studio sits off that quiet area. Yeah. So when there aren't ambulances and hems helicopters going over it is a quieter environment mm-hmm. and with the uh, building redevelopment project we did when we d- we changed into the the simulation center uh, we had some sound deadening left yep. and we had that put on the walls to against to just help with the acoustics again we had to kind of go a little bit rogue with that yeah we, we did yeah there was so bureaucracy and red tape to yeah. just put up some sound Shh. acoustic that's fine. <laughs> Wasn't that rogue? It was fine. Um, Don't worry, so, the podcast so is not set, that popular yeah, yet, Morris. <laughs> so set, set design. Set design is important too. So what is it What is it going to look like? It's part of that brand feel that I was talking about. Like, you know, you want something in the background. We just put a bookcase in there and we put some like silly bits and pieces that we had. We had a like a skull. We used this light box to try and bring some sense of continuity and feel. But um, we also put some kind of personal things in. Yeah. So I've got some geeky Star Wars yeah, stuff. Yeah, we didn't bring the Stormtrooper. Um, and Lawrence has got some golfing bits and bonsai trees and stuff like that just to give us a little bit of our personality as well whilst maintaining that kind of halfway house between our organization's branding yeah so that's surroundings under information and this is kind of like training communication workflows um social media that kind of stuff um planning and scheduling is really important like emily brown's five stage approach you've got to have some kind of structure um to to organize your content and actually if we take emily's examples of who how what why and where and when you could apply the site model to that yeah yeah we loved it um so so yeah so having that and then content this is what we mean, the mentality. If you're thinking about today, we could have done a podcast. In fact, we would love to do a podcast. Uh, Dan, Dan Blood, uh, we haven't had a chance to get to your session yet. We're coming tomorrow, but oh my God, that is definitely coming on the podcast. We pod, did kind of want to be on stage with moulage wounds on. Yeah, but it just that would be quite nice. We couldn't get there. We had to set up here. We had to bring our set with us and, and, and set it up. Um, Susie Barker. Susie, we know that Susie's friendly forces. Um, so Susie, we know works at there. She is over there. Hi, Susie. Works at the University of East Anglia. So we know that like, we can get Susie into the studio and get her in, like, you know, actually into the studio, which would be really nice rather than having to do things remotely. I went to one of the, the breakout sessions where they were talking about obstetric emergency simulation in, in the ED. So in situ sim- simulation to diagnostically test the, uh, the, the kind of the outcomes of the environment. And again, that would be great to discuss, particularly with the work that we're doing with yeah. diagnostic testing in, uh, in other industries as well. And, and I'm absolutely blown away by the CAE ultrasound trainer, like that augmented reality feel. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, we could create an awesome podcast out of that and its application to stuff like point of care ultrasound and training of pre-hospital clinicians, EMS practitioners in ultrasound. So it's that sort of thing. 
the other thing for, informa for information is things like creating a workflow. So getting slick at what you do. And we are self-taught when it comes to mm -hmm. podcasting. Um, I say self-taught, we've kind of learned from looking at things on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We both listen to and watch podcasts yep. as well. So you kind of, you know, take the best bits from, from different people. But as we've developed and what we've also subsequently done is we now have five different podcasts that come out of the, yep. the studio that we have yep. from, from different people running it. So we've had to create workflows. We've had to create checklists and, and algorithms to, to, to look at how we can make this as streamlined as possible with people who aren't as technically proficient as other people as well. Yeah, so, so just the, you know, stepping into the studio, turning everything on, making sure that people can you know, actually record it is one, and then actually using the editing PC and you know, being able to multi-track using Adobe Premiere Pro, for example, that's not straightforward, um, but actually is okay once you have a little bit of instruction. Uh, guest templates. If we're inviting a guest on, it's like having that template in advance and sharing that with your guest and discussing what you're going to talk about before they get them in the studio. And you go, so what do you think about this? And they're like, uh, thinking on their feet. And it's, it makes it uncomfortable. Yeah, so it's so we that have, sort of thing. Yeah, we have a workflow where we, we basically explain how we're going to interview them. We give them some kind of preview questions. We don't always stick to script. Mm. Uh, and we will often kind of feel out how the guest is kind of settling in. Um, but we, we're very keen to say that we're not going to throw them under the bus. Yeah. We're not going to, you know, get them anything, you know, politically charged to talk about where they're going to look silly on screen. Mm -hmm. So just try and make them feel as comfortable as possible. Um, yeah, so, so that's the workflow. The next part of the, the site model is, is T for team. You know, this is, you know, the thing is that people, each of us, if you think about you, you, in yourself as, as simulation educators, um, you have contact and relationships with all of the other aspects of the site model. You have you know, interactions with the equipment, you have interactions with the surroundings, you have interactions with the information systems. So team is absolutely critical um, when you think about you know, producing a podcast, running a simulation center, or just running a simulation. And the chemistry and relationship between ourselves, the, the guests that we have on, I think is quite important. How many of you, just quick show of hands, how many of you listen to or watch a podcast? So quite a lot of people. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah. It's a huge business. Now you'll obviously be what keeps you watching, listening, and watching because of the either the the, the topic or the content itself. But how much of you uh, are interested in the relationship, the chemistry between the people talking as well? It's a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we've we've had we've we've acquired a couple of nicknames. Yeah. Um, we've been uh, the podcast bros, which is lovely. Uh, Dick and Dom. Um, and and Anton Deck. Ant Deck as well, which is lovely. But yeah, there's actually it's only half joking on the Anton Deck front because we always like Anton Deck. You know which way round they are. Um, it's Lawrence and Tony. Always Lawrence on the left, Tony on the right. So it is, and that there is, is deliberate. There is an Anton Deck yeah. thing going on. Um, but but yeah, that 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 kind of that feel is is part of I suppose we hope what makes people possibly want to watch. But the next thing to think about in team is guests, as we've already started to mention. Yeah. So we have recorded. 20 episodes now i think about that yeah um and we have scheduled a load so we have got about five or six in advance and we release uh, a new episode every fortnight on youtube and we also have a subscription with a podcast host provider called transistor and that will then push everything out to the audio channels ironically apart from buying all the kit and equipment it's easier to get something onto YouTube as a video than it is to get it out on things like Spotify yeah. and, and uh, Amazon Music and uh, Apple Music. It's because, free. Be, yeah, because you have to have a ho podcast host subscription, uh, which costs 
I don't know, it's about £200 a year, I think mm. it is, for, for a basic licence. So, yeah, so, so that's, that's an important part of it. Um, but, but, but part of the, 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 of the 20 podcasts we've recorded, we've only had a guest on three times so far? Yeah, yeah. so far it's been three guests. Um, and so we, we understand that because we're in our infancy, we are, you know, our networking is in, in, in its only beginnings. And so we've, our guests have come from local pools and sources. But that's one of the things you're going to have to think about as well, is I think whenever you have a guest on, it's more engaging. It's more interesting. Yeah. Certainly for us it is, because we, we love listening to, to the guests and what they're doing. Yeah, and we're, we're hoping that we're going to be able to um, recruit some guests from today and tomorrow. We'd, we'd love you to come and speak on our podcast. Um, Whether that's in person, or we've yeah. also been playing around with doing things remotely as well. So we're, again, we're still kind of feeling out the processes and stuff. It's also worth thinking about on the team about about you um, producing the podcast. The reality is um, is that the first time you go to record a podcast is going to feel utterly cringing and awful. I, wa- um, I watched episode one not too long ago, and it's horrible. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not a comfortable watch, and it's not comfortable. And and it's things like looking to camera to do the call to action. Yeah, one of our first bits of feedback was if you are talking to the the viewer. Uh, to look into the camera and so we have changed and adapted that and it's horrible it feels really unnatural it doesn't feel right um unless you're you know a natural lovey on stage and screen then great which neither of us are are. um but but it's it is you know it's that kind of thing that you you kind of kind of have to get over the hump in terms of producing it when when the guests come in as well i think they're quite nervous about that so at the setup back at the uea we have two desks kind of sat together then we, I sit on one side, Lawrence sits on the other side. If we have a guest, we both sit on one side and the guest sits on the other. And the cameras are off to the side and they're, they're, they're normally speaking out of eye shot. So mm-hmm. you kind of, you do forget that, um, that you're being recorded to an extent. Yeah, try to. I mean, if it's an engaging conversation, hopefully your guest forgets that they're being recorded. And one of the things we also do with the guests um, is we get them in, we sit them down, and we get them comfortable with headphones on, speaking into a microphone. Yeah. Because we're not wearing headphones today, but we normally do when we're recording. And it's really, really useful because you can hear very clearly what the other person's saying, but it's really weird to mm. hear your own voice to start with. Mm. But you quickly get comfortable with it, and then actually when you take it off, you're like, oh, the real world's not as good as it it's is. It's not as loud. Listening through headphones. Can't hear everything as well. Um, okay, so that's, that's team. So equipment. Um, be tempting to think that it was all about the equipment, but as kind of hopefully we've already sort of detailed, it really isn't. Um, there are a few things that are kind of important. Um, mics. Yes. Yeah, so we put, a, we put a list together and obviously you've got the option when you do rec- uh, a podcast of doing it either audio only and or video only. Um, so this is the kit and equipment that we use. Um, and we can't, we'll, we'll kind of explain why we've gone through it. So the mics are very important. Like Lawrence said, the audio is probably the most important component. If your audio sounds really good, um, then the quality of podcast is going to be good. So if you're going to invest your money anywhere, invest it in decent audio. So we're currently outputting it through something called a Rodecaster Pro 2, which is the basically a kind of prosumer grade mixing deck, which is really easy to use. Touchscreen buttons, very programmable, uh, but also does everything out of the box. You can just hit record and it does a lot of it for you. We've, for the first time today, we've got it coming through speakers, which we don't normally do. And the fantastic sound guys and the, and the AV team over there have helped us out, which has been brilliant. Um, but you can see that's, it's pretty pricey. It's 550 quid. You can get a, a smaller one, which has been released now um, for a little bit cheaper. But 
my personal opinion is if you're going to invest your money, invest something like that because it makes life really, really easy. Mm. The microphones, about £100 each. These boom arms are about £100 which is expensive. You can pick them up for 15 quid, mm. uh, you know, a cheap version on Amazon, but it all came as a package. And again, because we had bought it through the university, we had to buy through our approved equipment supplier, which with the university goes, we're going to co- charge you three times the normal price and you're going to pay it. Um, but it didn't come out of my no wallet. Choice. So I didn't really, didn't really mind that. No. Um, what else have we got? Headphones. Invest in a decent set of headphones, both for listening to the podcast in, when, you're, when you're doing it, but also for post-production as well. It's really, really important. Um, don't scrimp and save on, on, on audio. Um, cameras were quite expensive. We went for 4K cameras. So we output to YouTube in 1080p in normal HD resolution, which for most people is more than enough to watch a YouTube video. But we went for a 4K camera because we've got one camera facing us. But what I can do because I'm recording in a higher resolution in post-production is I can have one screen which is both of us but I can also crop into either one of us and create two new views um, and still keep that HD quality so with one camera I can create three different views we've obviously got two cameras because we sit beside each other Um, we'd love to have a third camera Um, hopefully Father Christmas is listening Uh, fell but again, you know, you can buy cameras relatively cheaply. You don't have to spend as much as, as what we did. And yeah. then there's other little bits like but memory you could, cards. You could easily use you could easily use a, like a, a high quality iPhone camera. You know, yeah. like you, you you know you don't need to go for like prosumer equipment. You know, if you can get a camera, an iPhone camera, and hold it steady in a, in, a, in a mount, actually you can produce reasonably high quality video doing that, and then edit them together. And uh, the reason that we went for the Sony's is because they are. Uh, their face tracking is brilliant, so the autofocus is really, really good, and they are designed for content creators. Um, so there is a recognition in the, in the industry that these are being used more and more for podcasting. Um, so a bit like what Emily was talking about, uh, the, the keynote presentation, there's so much out there, there's so much potential way, routes and, and, and ways that you could go, so you can do a bit of research. And we, we, I did all my research by looking at YouTube videos. Funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, as a question I was going to ask you, Emily, where did you, where, how do you do your research when you're looking for your kit and equipment? Conferences, yeah. Google, YouTube, mm. Yeah, so same, same sort of thing from a podcasting point of view. Nice. So then what else have we got? We've got lighting. It's, yeah, surprisingly important. And yeah. it's a thing that people underestimate. That's why we brought the rig with us, because I don't know if, you know, it, it looks any different from where you're sitting, but certainly on camera, if you're filming in reasonably high quality, as soon as there's not sufficient light in a room, the video quality just really drops off and it looks poor. If you can't find the money to get a lighting rig, just face the window. Um, you know, just find find like a like a like some kind of regular kind of pragmatic solution and and, and get some lighting on your face. But again, they, they're, they're relatively cheap, so um, we already had these lights in the building, so we've kind of repurposed those. But you can pick up two lights like this for about 150 pounds. Um, we have a third light, which we have a, um, a diffuser on, which we face at the ceiling, and that just helps to illuminate the room a little bit more as well. And again, if you go on YouTube, there's so many video tutorials on how yep. to light a podcast. Uh, you have a key light, you have a main light, and then you have like a backlight. And again, we're a little bit limited because our background is quite close to us in our office, but we've, got, we've bought like a really cheap little LED strip light color thing mm. that we, can, we have around the bookcase and around the table just to illuminate the background a little bit. We have another light, which we've got a plant behind me normally, which we uplight. And that again, just separates the background from, from the, uh, the, the person on that side of the, the yeah. table. 
and then post-production. So this is, a, again, an area where we're quite fortunate. Again, through a university, we have a university license to be able to use some of the paid software. So we have a Adobe Creative Cloud. So I use Adobe Premiere Pro, which is the video editing software. But again, there are free versions. So you can use uh, DaVinci Resolve, DaVinci I think, Resolve, is, is, is the free version. version. It's a fantastic bit of kit. So if you are on a shoestring budget, you can still create a really good podcast mm. that you can put out there, um, either as video or as audio as well. Yeah, like, um, you know, one of the talks, Emily's talk this morning talked about the right tech, the right place at the right time. Actually, whatever you can get your hands on is the right tech at the right place at the right time, to be honest with you. And like and like Stefan said in his opening address, shiny objects don't solve the problems on their own. So it isn't just about the equipment, you know, creating a podcast, running a simulation or kind of running a simulation center requires just as much emphasis placed on team, information and surroundings as it does on the equipment so that's it so that's it so that we'd normally end a podcast and we're really bad at ending podcasts it's the bit that we rehearse the the least yeah um, we tend to waffle a bit look at each other awkwardly and then uh, try and close it down i think what we've discovered closing the podcast is just to go thank you very much for watching that's the end of the podcast essentially <laughs> Except it's not, because I think it would be remiss of us to ignore the fact that there is a huge amount of work that goes on after the cameras stop rolling. Yes. Um, and, you know, to kind of think about this, the talk that we're giving today within that structure of a simulation sort of event, we've given you the briefing, we've given you the simulation of using the site model. The debrief really is where Tony puts in a load of work uh, on the editing PC, making it hang together like uh, a podcast. So talk us through that process, Tony. Yeah, so we do have an editing PC at the university, which is designed specifically, I mean, it's, it's a souped up PC, which is capable of do, using something like Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, but I don't want to be stuck at home after, uh, stuck at work after recording podcasts. So I actually take everything home and do it on my PC at home, which again, I've got the, the license for. So we have an SD card on each of the cameras, which I then have to export onto my computer. We have a, um, a USB in the back of the roadcaster. So we've recorded the audio separately from each camera. And then I put it into the, the software and Adobe Premiere Pro is a fantastic bit of kit. And what you can do is you can combine all of those to create what is called a multi-track um, file. And what that allows you to do is combine the video. You can then manipulate the video, like I mentioned earlier, to create crop versions so I can create new camera views. And then provided we've done the old clapper thing at the start, that allows you to align the audio so that it brings everything nicely together. So the audio channels, and again, you can... Uh, boost those and make them sound a little bit better with a bit of software called uh, Adobe Audition. So I run it through that, a couple of minutes, and then I create the multi-track, and I'm basically, I press one, two, three, four, five for the different camera angles, and I watch it back very narcissistically um, in real time, and I, I, I look at the audio track, because we record each audio track separately, so that's a separate track to this track. I can see when Lawrence is talking, and I can see when I'm talking. They are natural cut points to different camera angles. And what you'll notice, if, you, if you're sad enough to go back and look for all of our episodes of SimCast, the earlier episodes, we literally have two camera views. The later episodes, as I've developed my skills, I'm playing around a little bit more with cropping in, cropping out, um, reactions mm. uh, nice nice little bits you know when if Lawrence is talking for 35 minutes and and not breaking he literally doesn't stop breathing I actually don't stop, stop to, breathe to breathe sometimes this is one of the things that I've realized looking at it in post is that like Tony speaks and then these little stops where he breathes I apparently don't breathe uh, <laughs> or don't stop to 
stop speaking during breathing. It's like playing the bagpipes for me, um, talking on a podcast. So it's just like a continuous noise, as you can probably so tell. So again, what you have to do is you have to think about the end user. Am I going to get bored watching this continue? Do I need to just cut to me just like... Yeah. <laughs> looking mindlessly as, as you continue to talk but what actually what you do what you can do is you can capture some really nice bits and that again yeah. that helps to to generate that um what were we talking about earlier the, uh, the feel the the chemistry and relationship oh, between yeah, us and the guests um or, or, or each other yeah something else that you w- want to do like when when you're scrolling through youtube um what you notice is that there are normally pictures aren't there and you kind of decide what you want to watch by what those thumbnails are so capturing that thumbnail image of your guest before they leave is actually really useful as well and thinking about what those thumbnail photos are going to look like when people are scrolling through the content oh yeah that looks interesting that's got a cool picture i'll click on that we, Again, we often put a bit of humor in Try to, yeah. And with the one that we forgot, we, we had to, we, so we did a, a podcast um, which was looking at the role of AI in simulation. Um, and we <laughs> used AI to, um, to create some simulation scenarios and it was actually quite good. Um, I had an existential crisis, but afterwards we forgot to, um, to create uh, a thumbnail. So we AI generated it. Yeah, I used uh, Photoshop, which has got an AI generator. So but you I... can't normally do that. So get a nice, clean photo of your de- uh, of your guest, um, so that you can you can kind of make it into a, like a little PowerPoint slide, and then copy that, and then you can use that as your thumbnail, and everyone will want to click on it. That's the idea. So what have we learned then? What have we learned? So you know, thinking about this, Steve, we've done our reactions, we've done a bit of analysis. What are we going to take away from this? Well, podcast? I've obviously learned some technical aspects, which Lawrence hasn't. <laughs> that is so unfair. I, I, well, I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, I've learned nothing about the technical I've, aspects I've le- of podcasting. I've learned to be more comfortable in front of camera, and I have learned to be comfortable with my own silence because you're super conscious and hyper aware of every um, uh, um, particularly when you're doing it in one take. Um, I think you've learned that you might need to breathe now. I again. could breathe a bit more often. I've also learned not to crash Tony's call to action because he gets really grumpy yeah. uh, when that happens. So Tony will be like, if you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe. And I'll butt in. He'll be looking at me like... Because I just breathe like a normal human being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we've also learned... Um, well, we've, so we've had a couple of guests on and... We chose those guests based on the simula- simulation activity that they have been involved with yeah. or they have done. So one of our guests has done the largest simulation event we've ever done in the school. Um, unfortunately, both of those guests were male. And so we've had a little bit of criticism that we are two white middle-aged men hosting Producing a, a podcast, podcast with male guests on. So we have taken that on board. Yeah, we have. Uh, and actually, there is an enormous wealth and diversity of interests yeah. and people who are doing simulation who are interested to come and talk about it. And genuinely, people are kind of quite... Normally, people are like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, I come and talk on your podcast? Oh, yeah, okay. What does it involve? So normally, people are quite keen and willing. So that's something that we're, we're learning as well, that there's this enormous wealth of experience and expertise out there that we can tap into and share with a wider community. And I think what we've learned as well is it started with just us, and we kind of had our little own internal workflow. But as it's become more popular and more people want to get involved, which has happened at a, quite a... Mm. refreshing rate uh, we've learned that it is a complex system and mm. actually we need to apply a complex system model to it to try and make it as simple as possible to make it as accessible for, yeah. for everyone that we work with so that probably will bring us to the end of the podcast i think that will bring us nicely to the end of the podcast but so, as we've got a live audience do we have any questions 
stunned silence. <laughs> a disagreement on air. We disagree all the time, but yeah. probably not on air. What we sometimes do, again, we have a script. What we sometimes do is throw each other under the bus. And, Inadvertently. And we'll go, have you ever had this experience in simulation where this thing has happened? So we, in one of the episodes, we talked about um, the role of the confederate or the, the, the stooge or the actor playing the role of the patient. Um, and Lawrence just out of the blue said, have you ever had a confederate go rogue in one of your simulations? And, and, I was the, like, and the, the, the example and that my you light bulb, I, I thought of someone immediately and I thought, how am I going to say this in a way that they can't identify themselves, yeah. although they absolutely will. Uh, so yeah, you have to think on the spot sometimes, but... I don't think we've ever disagreed. Uh, not really. And I mean, we've, we've, realistically, we've been working together for 10 years and we've ironed out any of the disagreements along the way. And it was only in the last sort of year that we've been doing the podcast. But if we are going to disagree, normally it's in the briefing. So it'll be like, actually, no, we don't really want to do that. Or we don't want to talk. No, we shouldn't take it that way. We should take yeah. it this way. Um, but it's not normally kind of, they're not normally philosophical arguments, irreconcilable differences. Uh, they're and normally just like Lawrence details. is very philosophical. And I think we don't disagree because I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Um, what has happened though, actually, on the flip side, in the episode where we talked about the uh, we we did an episode on the the four horsemen oh, yeah. of the debrief apocalypse. So these are yeah, four, so we recognise four archetypes. four archetypes that everyone either has a, has a, has a kind of tendency to lean towards when they are doing their debriefing. Yeah. The um, tutor. The groupie. Yeah, the groupie is the yes man. Oh, yeah. you did an amazing job. So the fantastic. Tutor, You're real, yeah, really so the good. Yeah, so the groupie. That was amazing. Fantastic, guys. The, really well done. The tutor yeah. turns it into a teaching session. Yeah. Uh, uh, then you've got the hero who talks about all their own stories. Yeah. And it's all about uh, them. Let me tell you this time when I, yeah. And uh, then the critic. And then the critic who yeah. is, you know, when you do an Oski, they're not the, do the hawk or the dove. They're the velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who just, you know, but if we, someone we, does simulation, they take an absolute battering from them. So we, so we didn't really disagree about that, but we, we had some kind of quite genuine moments of reflection talking about them saying like, yeah, I've definitely inhabited all of those yeah. archetypes but at, at the end, times. Also at the end of the episode, again, it wasn't particularly scripted, but we just really nicely bounced off each other as we sort of just brought, worked, didn't it? it was one of the episodes we actually ended quite well for um, once uh, but again it, that's part of that sort of chemistry that we've we've developed both on on screen and off mm. dan you had a question Do you know we've actually had a little bit of um, a little bit of critique from um, someone who's not here today, uh, someone who has been responsible for educating quite a lot of simulation educators, uh, and I know Alex knows who that is. Um, but um, no, we, we had we had some great offline discussion with with one person who commented offline, and um, and it was to do with um, whether simulation can ever truly be safe. And, you know, whether we talked about simulation as a safe container and we talked about, you know, the, the, the debrief as a, as a safe space in what, which to voice what, opinion. What does safe mean? In what does safe yeah. mean? And we talked about what's, what happens in the debrief remaining in the debrief. And they were quite adamant that actually the learning should 
transcend the the debrief. And we were furiously agreeing that like really that there should be this kind of Chatham House rule about what happens in the debrief you should learn from and apply to your future practice. But through, you know, the fact that we didn't have a chance to sit down and have a proper conversation, I think there was a perception that we were saying that you can't use what you let what you have from the debrief for your future practice or you can't talk about yeah. it. Um, and so we had we had a really healthy discussion about that. And actually, we're going to invite him on uh, to a future podcast. Engagement's an, in, uh, an interesting one. So again, our podcast comes out every Wednesday, every, sorry, every fortnight on a Wednesday. So what I do, again, what I do hmm. is uh, the podcast comes out. I then post it on my LinkedIn page, often with spelling mistakes. I also put it, on, forces. put it put it on Twitter. Um, I also will advertise it on, on Facebook and other social media to try and get people actively involved. Mm. LinkedIn tends to be the most popular kind of receptive re- uh, social media site from it. Obviously, it's full of like-minded people. Uh, but I think and in they're, reality, they're, that's probably why we're here today. Yeah, but there's, there's, there, there also needs to be an understanding that sometimes you just have to get the content out there yeah. and there'll be an episode or there'll be something that you just hit that sweet spot at the right moment and it will gain traction. Mm. So we know that we're in our infancy. We know that our views and our watches and our, and our listens are probably could be better. Um, but that's one of the reasons why we're here today to sort of spread that message. We've, we've heard about a, uh, a, a simulation technician network with over 6,000 people. Yeah. We love to be involved in that. Up there already, fantastic. Amazing. And it's, it's, it's just about gaining momentum. Yeah. And I think some of the people in our school perhaps need to understand that a little bit more. I think they're expecting better results quickly. Some podcasts yeah. are, are, are running for years before they ever get real, real traction. Yeah, um, and we're time. very niche as well. You know, simulation is quite niche. We're never going to get the, the amount of likes and views that if you're a technology-based um, podcast or something like that, you're going to, you know, subscribe to everyone. Is there any other questions? There's one over there. Yes, hello. Anyone with a view? Yeah, some, anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone with something to talk about. Yeah, I, I, it, that sounds really interesting. Uh, and I think it's, it's any, a guest is... Firstly, I think it's anybody who's prepared to come and speak on your podcast, for one, um, because everything is content. Um, and then I would say that it only has to be slightly kind of different from anything that's gone before. And even if it's the same thing that's gone before, yeah. and, it's been, and it's been done by a different person in a different, slightly different way, then that's, that's novel too. Topics can be revisited. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, you, you know, anything where the, the end user, the viewer or the listener is going to find particular interest in it, then that, that, that serves for the potential of a good guest. Yeah. And then it's up to us as hosts to make that guest feel comfortable enough so that they can get their message and their story out there. I think there's some responsibility on the hosts as well. To, so a guest is not all on the guest. Like, you know, what kinds of questions would I want to ask somebody who was coming on to talk about mental health simulation. So I think a lot of it's about asking the right questions to get the most out of the people yeah. that have got the this kind of niche our, or new our kind knowledge. Of, uh, our take home message often, that, that last question we ask the guest is what would you, what bit of advice would you give to anyone watching in a, in a similar situation? So mm. again, to make it relatable where possible. That sounds amazing. Let's talk later. That was a, that was a self invite onto the podcast. <laughs> Definitely. You're welcome. Anytime. Another question. 
inside. How do you manage that? Yeah. I've never thought about it, to be honest with you. Oh, have you not? I'm terrified now. I, I, it's <laughs> Reconsidering my life choices. Well, do you know, yeah, Tony will always seek forgiveness rather than permission. <laughs> but I would say I, I, I welcome, I welcome the, the spicy conversation. Um, I welcome, you know, that the challenge. But actually what you say there is, is important. And one thing that I've put, made a note in my sort of several hundred words of notes I've got here is that with, with kind of, when you start producing that podcast, you do kind of take on a leadership responsibility yeah. that you may not have had previously. Yeah. Um, and I think being mindful of that. And it's it's and not always at the forefront of your mind, is it? No, it's not always. But so, so we try really hard to not to, to sort of say things which are controversial, but we kind of rely on the fact that as somebody rightly said, I think it was Dan said that this is a this is a friendly supportive community who are a community of educators and like if if a simulationist is going to sort of turn around and give me like totally negative criticism i'm like that's not much of a debrief dude like perhaps, perhaps you want to rethink that piece of feedback into something a little bit more constructive but also also one of the one of the roles of the guest of on a podcast is often to play devil's advocate mm. and if you've got a guest on who's got a controversial opinion sometimes you have to poke them with a stick a bit and and, and see where it goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so so i think i think it's okay to to have things on there that are a bit controversial because it's gonna it's gonna trigger conversation and ultimately that is all we're doing in the first place is just engaging each other and our guests in conversation for other people to listen in on. It's and not like we live in a polarized world, is it? No, not at all. No. <laughs> okay, I'm conscious of time, and I know that cocktails and casino and is calling. There's a hundred quid up for grabs in the raffle. Yeah. So <laughs> we will we will wrap it up there. So thank you very much, everyone who's joined live, and thank you everyone who's watched this. And uh, we can't wait to see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.